Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. There's a certain dread that runs through this city every night. When the sun disappears, people here draw their curtains, dim the lights. They sometimes eat dinner in the dark. It's almost as if this entire place is trying to hide from the next Russian airstrike. No one knows where it will land. This is life, one month into Russia's invasion of this country. But by day, as we drive through the center of Kyiv, it's clear that as the war grinds on, people are adapting in their ways. Oh, look at this, an entire residential block, the top of the building has been hit, so that all the windows have been shattered out. So weird because it's like kind of people trying to be normal. I saw a guy walking his dog, somebody riding their bike, people picking up their groceries, and then a building that's clearly been hit by a missile with windows for, gosh, a block and a half shattered out. On one side of the street, a group of men shovel the debris into piles. Broken brick, glass, ribbons of film dangling from what used to be a second-story camera store. Looking on across the street are two women, Olena Moreshka and Victoria Latouche, surveying the hollowed-out stores in front of them, shopping bags in their hands. We're just wondering if what you're doing out today, are you shopping? We just came here to check what's happened because actually we used to work here. I was selling cigarettes there uh, and uh, I just went here to check again that my workplace is gone. Can you just describe what it's like to see where you used to work look like this? The shattered glass, building destroyed... I feel anger and uh, I feel terrible grief because uh, I'm a citizen of Kyiv of the 15th generation. So I'm the 15th generation to live here. And I feel terrible grief because I'm not the person, I'm not kind of the person who will even throw rubbish on the streets. And then this huge disaster is, is a grief for me. As we're talking, there's a distant explosion. Maybe artillery. The women shrug. Of course we used to, because we're living here. We hear it every day. Underground, below these women and this destruction, is a subway station. So usually this is a busy metro station, and now it's like sleeping bags and air mattresses and people who live here overnight so that they don't get hit in the strikes. A train arrives every 40 minutes. On the platform, a woman knits under a blanket, a man drinks tea next to a stack of board games. At the end of the platform, we find Haraba Alhavasilaba and her friend Alina Bumeister sitting on a leopard print blanket, playing with their gray cat, Sony. Our men are military, they're fighting together. Is this the first time you're apart? Uh, yes, we are, are always together and uh, even in a restroom. <laughs> and that's the very first time we are apart. Do you get to talk to him a lot? From time to time, uh, 
have this rare possibility of communication with him. Sometimes only a message uh, plus means that everything is fine. So how long have you been down here? We've been here since the first day of the war. Some people have given up on staying in shelters and they just go home. And you've decided to stay. Can you talk about why you stay here, what you're scared of? We are afraid because you never know uh, what building will be hit next. And our apartment, it's not so solid and safe and we don't have shelters nearby. So they stay here. They spend a lot of time waiting, passing time. Usually we um, read books, playing with cats. Uh, sometimes we even um, listen to music and watch cinema uh, on that very screen. Oh, there's a screen. And, yes, oh, I didn't and... see it. Is it hard? There's no windows down here, no light. Vitamin D. <laughs> we are taking vitamin D. Alina <laughs> <laughs> can take a supplement to make up for the lack of sunlight. She can read a book to stave off boredom. But it's the future she can't control. She and her husband were trying to have a baby. Now she says she's waiting for peace to start her family, to resume her life. A few miles away, others are choosing to start finding normal now. We stumble upon a hair salon, and it's open. Tara Savchin is doing a woman's hair. Yes, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people coming in here, and we don't have enough hands actually to do to do our job. So, because um, a lot of our employees uh, they just moved to Western Ukraine or Europe, and so. If there are um, some uh, hairdressers in Kyiv, so please come and help us. Aksinya Kachushko is getting the trim. Yeah, I feel guilty for having my hair done right now. And I actually have done my nails just a few days ago, and I hated myself for that. Yeah. But I'll feel better, and I'll, I'll be able to work better, to do my, like, be better at everything I do. So yeah. I'm trying to give this uh, justification of me being here, chilling, having a coffee. Um, I know it's it's surreal to me because I'm sitting here like nothing happens, but somewhere on the outskirts of Kiev right now, like people cleaning their houses from broken glass, broken walls, etc., etc. So I think it's so understandable, though, to want to feel normal. Is this maybe a little bit of an escape for you for a moment? Yeah, like the little island of normality while everything is burning down in flames. A month into the Russian invasion, Kyiv is a changed place. A place where so many people told us they don't know if they'll make it to the next morning. So they say, why not put on that great outfit? Why not get that haircut or go for that cup of coffee? A brief escape from the war around them. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR.